I know for anyone who was ever on American Idol, the fact that you get to do music two years into a career is a big deal. And now 11 years into this career, I'm still getting to do music, do what I love and, and support my family through it. I'm really grateful. It's been a crazy ride. There've been a lot of ups and downs, but yeah, really, really enjoying the ride. Hey guys, and welcome to The Paula Ferris Show. I am your host, Paula Ferris. So glad that you are here, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite audio platform. So last week's guest, Rutledge Wood, hit it out of the park. He is the host of the very popular show, uh, The Floor is Lava, a show that America is obsessed with. And in sticking with that theme, shows that America is obsessed with, I thought I would introduce this week's guest, who was a contestant not once, but twice on American Idol. We are talking with Colton Dixon, singer-songwriter and father of twin girls. And if you have experienced setback of any kind or loss, I know I have talked openly about losing my job at ABC about three years ago. I think you're really gonna find yourself in this conversation because Colton was dropped by his label out of the blue, didn't see it coming, wasn't sure if he should stay in music, said he had no backup plan. So without further ado, here's Colton Dixon on Millennial Dad's American Idol, and that one time he forgot the lyrics to the national anthem. Colton Dixon, it's so nice to finally meet you. Very nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. So before we really dig into your big break and talk about how you got there, I first want to ask about parenthood because you became a father <laughs> of identical twin girls in 2020. And I just, I read an article not that long ago that said millennial dads. You're a millennial, right? You're like early 30s. Millennial dads are like three times more involved with their kids than, no knock on the other dads, than their dads were. Like you're changing diapers, you're in the thick of it. Like what kind of a dad are you? And I want to say kudos to all of you millennial dads out there. Holding down the fort. Let's go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny. My wife and I were just talking about this very same thing as well. Um, My dad was actually pretty hands-on growing up. Um, But you're right. I think a lot of younger dads have, you know, really rose up to the occasion and gotten their hands dirty, quite literally, um, (laughs) in some ways. Um, But we love it. We love being parents to twins. Um, They're the sweetest ever. We actually just had a crazy travel day last night, got in it like 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. Long oh, story, bless, but bless. they're troopers. And you're um, here. And we're here. Yeah, yes. we did it. Um, so, which is good. I'm glad we made this, <laughs> this happen. But how yeah, old, are, how old are they now? They're uh, And their names are, wait, I wrote this down, uh, Athens and Ava. Was that right? Yes. Beautiful yeah, so names. We, we go by Ava's middle name, which is Dior, um, okay. which is even just a little extra special sauce there. Um, <laughs> but they're three now, which is oh my crazy. Gosh. Um, so nuts. it is fun times. It's fun house. <laughs> Are you out of the diaper changing phase? Again, that that report that I mentioned earlier, well, millennial dads more involved than their dads were uh, tripling the time they're spending with their children than their fathers did. But the stats mm-hmm. back in the day, like 43% of dads in the 80s said they'd never changed a diaper. Only 3% of dads say that now. So are you still changing diapers like three years Man. old? Are you guys like potty training? Where are you? Yeah, we're, they're so close. Like they know, like every uh, once yeah. in a while, they'll go be like, all right, it's time to go potty. And we're like, uh-huh. on the big girl potty, you know, and they're like, like, okay. So we walk them in the bathroom and they do great, you know, Um, but uh, we're not quite there yet. So we're really close. I really envy the dads who said they never changed a diaper. (laughs) 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 That sounds kind of nice, but you know what? Like 
they were my first set of diapers and if you know it was kind of intimidating at first but it's uh it's, kind it's of intimidating for everybody, now, for yeah. moms too. Like when you, I mean, changing the diaper on my little doll when I was young, that's totally different than actually changing a human being's diaper. Totally, especially yeah, I little mean, girls. I, I, I never did the changing on a doll, but yeah, on kiddos, <laughs> it, it is quite a, a thing for sure. Yeah. So kudos Aww. to everyone who's ever had to change a diaper. <laughs> yes. And kudos to dads, like these millennial dads like you for stepping up to the plate. And like, really, I think parenting is at its best when it's a team sport. Um, when both parents are raising the kid in all aspects. So, okay, you had the, the girls, they're identical twins, uh, by yes. the way, like, back in 2020 and one of them was born without a pulse yeah very scary um not the way you want to meet your kid for the first time definitely um annie my wife had a great pregnancy and went into labor a week past her due date with twins which is kind of like crazy um you know if you know about all that stuff and um wow a week wait wait she had she went a week past her due date with twins Yes. Yeah. Twins are normally very early, but she was a rock star, just killed it. Um, But the labor took a little longer than we had hoped. So we had to punt to a C-section and long story short, little Dior came out uh, not breathing because she had started that birthing process and her body didn't know how to handle being in the birth canal for so long. So she came out uh, very scary. Um, We we grew up in church, so we, uh, we chose to to believe that God knew what he was up to. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, man, we're so thankful that we have a, a happy, healthy little girl and, uh, we have two of them and you'd never know that she went through that little trauma period for about a week. And, no. and, uh, yeah, we're, we're blessed for sure. Yeah. Yes. And now you're three years in and you're a good dad. Just want to say that. Um, uh, and I know life has completely changed for you because that's what happens when you're a parent. By the way, I never completely. asked you, are you, a, I'm wearing a Def Leppard shirt right now. Like you I am are, a child. I, I was born in the seventies and I'm like, I love Def Leppard and, you know, Guns and Roses. And I'm thinking, am I going to offend him? Like wearing somebody else's? No. Okay. I just want to make sure. Me? It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Okay, I'll rock a good band tee from time to time as well. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so let's dig into like your big break. Obviously, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would imagine that it was American Idol. So I know you grew up singing, you grew up in the church, you you were a musician at a young age, but how old were you when this big break happened? You went on American Idol twice. So tell us about how the big break happened the very first time and then kind of the second time because you went on there twice. Yeah, you got it. Crazy story. So I was fresh out of high school when my sister and I, uh, sister's name is Skylar. We have mm-hmm. both auditioned for American Idol the first time. They came to Nashville, came to the big arena called Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. And I actually wasn't planning on auditioning the first time, but while we were outside, my sister kind of convinced me. She's like, what's the worst they could say? No, you just, uh, you, you're a great yeah. singer. Just sing. Uh-huh. So we did. We both made it to Hollywood. Hollywood is not for the faint of heart. It is the crazy, <laughs> one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of. It's like boot camp for singers. Uh-huh. Uh, she got cut during Hollywood week, which was so sad. And I got cut just before the live shows. So that was kind of the season one quick recap. And then I thought, okay, I'm done. Great experience. Totally. Never want to do that again because it was really, it was a tough thing to go through. And, and I thought, okay, I'm going to take what, the opportunities given me and work on that. But my sister wanted to go back again for a second year. So we're like, all right, cool. We'll reach you on from the sidelines. This is all you this time. 
Um, but I'll be there when you get your golden ticket. So we so were waiting outside. So you weren't planning to even audition this time around. You were like, I'm Not just going to support you, Skylar. Okay. That's right. That's right. And uh, we went, I forget um, what city we went to to support her. And we were waiting outside, my parents and I, with Ryan Seacrest, you know, the whole thing. And not a couple minutes before, you know, after she walked in the room, she poked her head back out. And she said, hey, the, the judges want to see you as well. And I just remember thinking, oh, that's really weird. I'm like, I don't know, maybe they just wanted to reconnect real quick and have me in there when she sings. So walked in and it was immediate guilt trip on why I wasn't auditioning. And and I'm I'm thinking like... Oh no, this is my sister's time. Like, mm. this is her moment. I do not want to crash this moment. As flattered as I am, do not want to crash the moment. So, they finally were like, All right, you stand over here and figure out what you want to sing. Skylar, you audition. And I'm just over there sweating bullets. She finishes singing, does a great job. And then she looks at me and she's like, What are you going to sing? And I'm like, Okay, all right. I guess that's the green light. I guess I'm she okay. She gave you her blessing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I sang. We both made it to Hollywood again. Um, she made it to where I did the season previous, got cut just before the live shows, which was devastating. And that was the year that I went on to do the top 10 and the tour and, and all the fun stuff. But it was a crazy, crazy ride. So your big break is American Idol. You're 20 yeah. years old. Doors start flying wide open. You're on Leno. You're on Live with Kelly. You're on a myriad of shows performing. And it looks like the sky is the limit. Who do you really credit? Yes. I mean, if your sister hadn't given you permission in that moment, but what do you credit your big break to? Some people will say it was hard work and hustle. Some people will say it was being in the right place at the right time. Like, what do you credit your big break to? Oh my goodness. I think it's a combination of all the above. Um, Mm. I would also give credit to the people around me who supported me. Uh, My parents um, probably being at the top of that list. My parents were always driving my sister and I to shows or to, or to band practice or Mm. um, they were just really supportive parents. I'm so thankful for that. I know that's not everyone's story, but yeah, it takes a lot of work (laughs) to to make it in any industry um, really and to thrive there Man, I want to say um, someone that I look up to in the music industry is a guy named Ryan Tedder. He's written a lot of songs and it's in a band called One Republic. But he said to make a hobby, a profession, you need like 10,000 hours of practice and and that whatever that is uh, in your Mm -hmm. space. And uh, I would say it's at least that. I mean, it's Mm. it's an all or nothing scenario, um, especially with music. You have there's no plan B. There's no backup option. So I'm I'm thankful that, again, my parents instilled that hard work in me, but that they supported me. Uh, my sister, um, for, for allowing me to totally crash her audition. <laughs> yeah, you're crediting people. You're crediting the hard work, the hustle. I wanted to ask you a bunch of your questions at the very end, but one of them ties in so much to this right now. And yeah. it's about your sister, Skylar. And then we'll go back to our conversation and I'll ask some more questions later. Great. Uh, Bubba's mom, 44. Uh, and by the way, y'all, when I when I try when I'm soliciting these questions, you can give me your name so I don't have to read these weird handles like Bubba's mom 44. <laughs> but Bubba's mom 44 says, "How is your sister, Skylar? I remember her from American Idol, and I wonder how her music is. So, can you give yes. Bubba's mom and everybody an update on Skylar? Yeah, what's up, Bubba's mom? Um, I kind of <laughs> love the handle, honestly. I think it's great. I mean, uh, nothing wrong with it, but like, I'd like <laughs> to know your name. 
right? Sure, totally, <laughs> yeah. Um, my sister's doing amazing. Um, she's got music on the horizon. You know, my sister is so funny. She is so talented. I feel like music has come and gone in waves with her. Mm. Like she'll she'll dive in on a project and she'll finish it. It's amazing. But then she's like, all right, I'm going to do something else over here. Like yeah. I'm going to refinish furniture and sell it. Or, you know, she's just always doing something. She's got some country music on the horizon and it is Ooh. incredible. Country so excited music? for it to be out. Country music. Yep. Ooh, and it I is so that. good. I yeah. love that. So be on the lookout. I, we will be on the lookout. I want to take a, a little bit of a turn. So like you, things are happening. As I just mentioned, you're on Leno, you're on Ellen, you're on Live with Kelly. Like you signed yeah. with a label. Things are going great. And then in 2019, your label drops you. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, that must have been a really challenging time. Like, do I continue with the music? I, I know when I lost my job back in 2020, I felt a little lost. So yeah, when you 100%. when your label dropped you, how how did you work through that? Yeah, yeah. For the for context, I guess when you get dropped by your record label, it's kind of like your security blanket. It feels like you lose your job. Although we we were still playing shows, but that took us right into 2020. So we mm. weren't playing shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was a it was a very trying time in my life. I'm thankful for my wife. Um, she really kept my feet on the ground and kept my my head looking, you know, out on the horizon instead of the mess that was right in front of me. And again, church kid, but, um, there just comes a time I think where you, you have to choose that tomorrow is going to be a good day. You know, mm-hmm. even if today mm-hmm. sucks, you just have to know that tomorrow is going to be new and a, a new oppor- it, at least a new opportunity for something better right. to happen. And we, we chose to believe again, that, uh, mm-hmm. that tomorrow was going to be good and that it was going to be okay. And and so several months went by, I questioned music, I questioned, do I need to get a nine to five? Do I need to figure something else out? Again, no backup plan, no plan B for this musician. So that was terrifying to me, but I still just, I knew deep inside that there was still some story to tell on the music side. And, and I was grateful for that, but we hunkered down and, uh, kept pursuing and, and then, um, Honestly, the record deal of my dreams came to the table. Still can't believe um, that I'm on this label, but Atlantic Records um, showed interest. And some of my favorite artists are on Atlantic, you know, Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, um, just huge Stop artists. Coldplay? You know? Coldplay. Lo- um, I, know, I know you performed Coldplay during one of your American Idol. I am obsessed with Coldplay. I've been to a couple of concerts. Man, I went to their concert for the first time last year and just, I wept. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) It's like a a spiritual experience to be, I would say, tell everybody Coldplay and you two, they're very emotional and spiritual (sighs) connections and experiences. It's hard to describe. You just got to go. It blows my mind that I share a label with with those guys. But sometimes, like before the big break comes, right? Like you're in the valley, you're in the trenches. Things are not looking up, um, mm. but that's that's the moment where you get the perspective, I think. So when the break does come, you can appreciate it for what it is. And man, it's just been an amazing couple years with Atlantic. I'm so grateful that I get to keep doing music. I know for anyone who was ever on American Idol, the fact that you get to do music two years into a career is a big deal. Right. And now 11 years into this career, I'm still getting to do music, do what I love and, and support my family through it. I'm really grateful. It's mm. been a crazy ride. Um, there have been a lot of ups and downs, but yeah, really, really enjoying the ride. 
what do you tell the person that it maybe had that big break and something tragic or painful happened, but maybe what do you tell the person that's in that valley right now and they don't know what their next step is? Like you, do I stay yeah. in music? Is this a sign that I'm supposed to leave music? What could you tell them? How could you encourage them? Yeah, I, I think a lot of times we're led by our emotion. Sometimes that can be great. You know, um, you can let your heart lead, but other times I think it gets in the way of what the facts are. Mm. And sometimes the facts are you're really good at what you do. You just heard a no, or you just heard something that was discouraging. Yeah. You know, I also think like, to me, like the big break is the big opportunity. It's not necessarily the, the hardship that you're going through. I think the hardship is the prerequisite for the big break. So if you're, if you're going through, you know, the thick of it right now, if you're in, if you're hitting the rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. Mm. So look for look for what the opportunity is that's coming because something's coming. Something's stirring up. You just got to keep your eyes open to see it. That's awesome. So maybe the big break wasn't just American Idol. It was losing your label and getting picked up by your dream label. You know, Absolutely. I think that played a huge part into where I am right now. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I imagine it was hard to go through that. And you're trying to, how did you determine, yeah, you said, I'm good at this, so I should continue doing it. I shouldn't just let this one resounding no uh, determine my next steps. But you're also, are, were you guys expecting at the time, this is 2019, you have your twins in 2020, you're like you lose yeah. your label, you're expecting twins. Like, how did you, did you decide I'm going to stay in music and keep doing it? And then, and then Atlantic, it's Atlantic, right? That showed up? Yes. They showed up? Or were you still trying to figure it out and they showed up? Like, did you have to take that step of faith out and say, I'm going to, I am going to, I'm committed to this, even though I don't, yeah. I don't know what the next chapter looks like. And then they came in, tell us how it all happened. Yeah. It, if I'm honest, it was kind of a combination of both. Um, okay. We vocally, my wife and I had decided like, no, this is still the thing. But internally in me, I'm still like, but what if it isn't, you know, like, <laughs> but, but what if? Um, yeah. but I'm so, I'm so, again, so grateful that, that it's still a thing we weren't quite expecting yet during that process. I'm so glad that might have brought a different outcome. It would have mm. added pressure to yeah. knowing I had the support for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, however, something I just think is so cool and is so, um, what us church kids call God's perfect timing mm -hmm. is, is that, yeah. I walked through that season of losing my job, not knowing what the future looked like, you know, being in a really tough spot um, as a as a person and got to write a bunch of songs out of that place. And then we get to release those songs in April of 2020, a month into lockdown, where the world is literally going through losing their job, not knowing what the mm -hmm. future looked like, not knowing if the thing that they loved is ever going to come back to them. It was wild, but man, as soon as, I mean, we were already prepping for that EP to come out, um, you know, earlier that year before we knew COVID was ever a thing. But whenever I heard that that was a thing, it lit a fire under us. It was like, oh my gosh, we have to get this out as soon as possible. People need to hear these songs because their firsthand, you know, um, experience of me walking through not quite a global pandemic, but a very personal epidemic, you know, if you will, trying to figure out what was next for me. Yeah. It's so. not always like a big break and then smooth sailing. There's like actual right. breaks <laughs> in the midst of that too, where for you're sure. like molded. 
but now look what it's led to your you know this this label that you couldn't have dreamed of joining you have your breakout hit i would say like your most successful song build a boat spent 10 yeah. weeks at number 1 it was nominated for a for a dove award song of the year and as our recording this we don't know if it's been nominated for a grammy but it might be so you might want to like you know buy some grammy clothes and get a really cool hairstyle although you have a that's, cool hairstyle right now this is the well thank you that's very sweet uh, um i this is the first time i have even thought of boat possibly being up for a grammy and that just that doesn't even compute with my brain yeah. <laughs> Do, does not time. compute uh, i know i'm just uh, uh, you know uh, <laughs> malfunctioning over here um that's wild yeah uh, wild it's so cool what can come out of hardship, right? Like for me, lost my job, but then I decided to form a company to champion and advocate for working moms. And like, I wouldn't have had the courage to do that or even the vision had I not been pushed onto that path. So this song, Build a Boat, and you did a duet, an incredible duet with fellow Idol alum, Gabby Barrett. That is just fire. She is a monster, just such a great singer, such a sweetheart as well. Mm. Her and her husband, Cade, we, um, what's funny is my wife and I watched both of them on American Idol. They were both contestants in the top 10 and got married. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just sweethearts and, uh, so grateful that she jumped on the song and, you know, we reached out to her thinking she would be a great fit. And I, we were kind of shooting for the stars, honestly. She reached back and she's like, oh my gosh, the song's already on my playlist. I would love to. Really? <laughs> I'm like, and, you're kidding. It's and amazing. I hear, I heard she's now performing it at, on her own tour. Just So that's incredible. What a testament. It blows my mind. But yeah. I, I love that. Um, yeah, I love that great. she has just really taken a hold of the song as her own mm-hmm. and feels comfortable to perform it. Um, I just love that people are hearing that message, which yes. so plays into what this show is all about, which is exactly. like believing in whatever it is before you mm-hmm. can see it and stepping out and doing whatever it is you need to do to get yeah. there. So I appreciate how you just kind of own your own unique brand and style. Um, had a lot of questions from people about the the mohawk that you had on American Idol initially. <laughs> sure. Like w- when you look back at some of those pictures, or you're like, oh, oh, that was man. that was awesome, or like that was a tragic hair hair moment in my life. There were some that were better than others, but man, there's there's one. Well, there's there's a couple in particular. I tried the man bun thing for a while, and man, <laughs> bless bless my heart. Did not turn out well for anyone. Um, But there was a season, around the season I proposed to my wife, we have these amazing pictures of us at Disney World, which is where I proposed to my wife. And it's just stunning. The castle's in the background, the whole thing. But my hair makes me look like a a real-life troll doll. It is so (laughs) tall. (laughs) <laughs> it is so tall and it's just completely, you know, disconnected. It's just skin all the way up until it's just, you know, and it's just like, man. And of course I, I look at my wife, I'm like, why didn't you tell me? And she's yeah. just like, we tried, sweetheart. We tried, yeah. you know, you're like, um, you should have like, yeah, saved you probably me. Did. <laughs> you got to save me from myself. That one moment, like the most romantic moment you're proposing and you have troll hair. Yeah, big time. It's all all good. You can't win them all. (laughs) You can't. Um, Speaking of winning, though, you are going to be singing the national anthem in October for the Super Bowl winning champion, Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be a moment. Yeah, none at all. Man, I can't believe I'm about to say this. 
I think singing the national anthem, it's one of my least favorite songs to sing. I know that's so un-American. It's a beautiful song. I'm not it saying is, it's yeah. my least favorite song. There's so much pressure surrounding this song. Mm-hmm. And I unfortunately had to kind of walk through the dread and horror of forgetting the lyrics <laughs> while singing the national anthem. My high school, uh, which wasn't a big high school, but we they had just built a new basketball gym. First game in the gym, I was a senior. They asked me to sing the national anthem. I was kind of like known as the choir kid, I guess. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah sure, that, no problem. I get in there and or the ramparts just runs out of my brain. No idea what's coming next. I look at my teacher who's running the scoreboard and announcing, and I look at him, I go, I'm, I'm lost. I have no idea. I'm blanking. You know, out, out of the microphone, of course. And he looks at me, he goes, up, up, up. You know, he's like, or the ramparts. So to try and lighten the mood, I look at the audience and I say, or the ramparts. Uh-huh. <laughs> keep singing. Amazing. So in Jesus' name, I am not going to forget the lyrics. No, you won't. <laughs> you know what? Game. You know what you're going to do. You're going to visualize the experience. This always helps get to get you. Like if you get psyched out about something yes. and you're like, "All I can think about is failing," you t- you you take some time and you you actually like in a quiet place and you're visualizing the experience. You're going through everything. You can you can like what the air smells like. You can see everybody in the stands. That's what does good. it sound like? What is that what does the turf feel like under my feet? What's it gonna feel like when I step up on that podium? And all you do is you visualize the success of the moment, but you're in That's it good. like all Let's of go. your senses. My husband's a basketball coach, so we're like, you know, he's oh, big yeah, into yeah, visual and, I, I, and you have to visualize positivity happening. So we That's are good. believing that yes. you're gonna nail it. Or the ramparts. We are going to nail it all. You're (laughs) going to nail it, okay? (laughs) We're pulling for you. Okay, let's wrap this up, Colton. You have been an absolute delight. I have a time. It's been so great to get to know you, and I know our audience is going to love you even more. So a couple more questions. Um, You heard the one earlier from Bubba's mom that wanted to know about your sister, and we answered that. Lily Clarkson, and I'm excited to ask you this. She is uh, a high schooler. She's good friends with my daughter. And she wants to know what your favorite song of yours is. What is your favorite song that you've performed of your own? Um, Who's your favorite child is what we're asking you, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, songs are kind of like kids. Um, someone had a great answer for this. I was on tour with a band called Third Day, and their singer was like, man, that's that's hard. Songs are like kids. Like uh-huh. every once in a while you have an ugly one, but you love them all the same. And <laughs> I, just, I died. It was great. Um, that's so good. Honestly, it's a brand new song. It's the title track to my EP. I'm not just saying this. I just okay. I think it embodies what I want to do, what I want to say. It's a song called Canvas. It's one of the first songs that I've produced. Um, had a lot of help, but produced a lot on my own. It, it basically just, it's a piano ballad, and it kind of talks about being a blank canvas and taking life as it comes, the ups and the downs. Um, it's what makes it beautiful. And uh Man, I just, uh, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. It means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite. Awesome. Uh, Lou wants to know, can you do a show in Brooklyn? Can you do a show show in in Brooklyn? I'm not even going to try to do a (laughs) New York accent. (laughs) I would love to. I love New York. love Brooklyn. Um, That would be amazing. We don't get up there near often enough. Okay. I don't actually, I don't know if I've ever played in Brooklyn. 
What? We'll have to remedy that. I know. Yes. We've been kind of around the area, but never in Brooklyn. Let's okay, make yes. Make, Atlanta can make that happen. Yes. And the last question, this is funny. Amy Sprunger wants to know, what was the weird outfit that you wore for Winter Jam 2022? It looked like a life-saving vest. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. But literally, she reached out to me. She's like, I've been dying to know this. So do you oh my remember? Gosh. This makes me so happy. There's this very... Um, very kind of left of center clothing brand. Um, I don't even remember the name of their clothes, but it's like they make costumes for like Star Trek and like random stuff, right? Oh, wow. I was in this store in Los Angeles, of course, and they carried this brand and they had their like parachute straps without the backpack and the parachute. And I'm like, those are really just cool. I don't know where I'm going to wear these, but I like them. So I snagged them. And then later we did a music video for my song Miracles in which I'm wearing a parachute backpack. We made it look like I jumped out of a plane, but I'm chicken and I didn't actually do it. Okay. And so for the tour, for this tour called Winter Jam, Miracles was the big song. And so I remembered these parachute straps. I'm like, hey, maybe that'll tie people into the whole <laughs> music video thing. Apparently, Lou hasn't seen the music video, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amy's got to, she's got tons of questions about that. I'll say, Amy, watch the video. It'll oh, be Amy, all, sorry. It's Amy. all right. Lou, yeah. Amy, Lou was Brooklyn. Lou oh, you're wants, right, you're right. I'm sorry, sure Lou, Lou wants to sorry, know Amy. too. That's <laughs> hilarious though. Okay, good to yeah. know. We can finally, like, she can finally sleep, sleep at night and rest okay. knowing the point of the life-saving jacket, which was actually a parachute. <laughs> Without the parachute, the parachute yeah. backpack. Close. Just, awesome. You know, without the water. All right, Colton, <laughs> we are pulling for you um, for you. the game and just for everything that's going on. And I just want to say you're a good dad. And thanks for being a great role Thank model. You. And really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so much, Paula, for having me. It's a pleasure getting to talk with you. It was awesome talking about it. See what yes. we just did there? Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> Love it. Well played. So I'm really happy to report, you guys, that he nailed the national anthem when he sang at the Chiefs game earlier this year. Uh, he hit every beat and every lyric, and I have a link to it in the show notes if you want to check out the performance. But so excited because uh, we are going to be wrapping up 2023 with a very special episode featuring my husband, John. You can ask us anything you want about kids, career, relationships. We are going to be talking about it. That's coming up in two weeks. But in the meantime, next week, it's a conversation that's only happening because of one of you. Cannot wait to share how it all happened to get the longtime host of Big Brother, Julie Chen Moonvez, on the show. She's talking about parenting through crisis and the major life change that she didn't see coming. That's next week on the Paula Ferris Show as we talk about it. Thanks for joining, everybody. Oh, one more thing. Is this still on? Yeah, it is. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit that subscription button or wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss a beat and invite your friends. Let's spread the word and let's talk about it.